this month, Fractal Universe will release their new album, The Impassable Horizon, via Metal Blade Records. As one of the most complex and compelling progressive metal works of the year, The Impassable Horizon also features the introduction of frontman Vince Wilkins' newly owned saxophone skills, which take the French Quartet's music to the next level. Purchase your copy of The Impassable Horizon now at metalblade.com slash fractal universe. Once again, The Impassable Horizon, the new album from Fractal Universe. Go to metalblade.com slash fractal universe and pre-order today. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, 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 everyone out there. It is I, your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by my right-hand man. You get one hello out of me, you son of a bee. My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at YourBuddyGooch. And the ladies are off this week, but make sure you are following them. Jocelyn Sharp is the first lady. And you can follow her at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Wizard of Jaws on TikTok. And make sure to follow Sylvia Alvarado at Twitter, Instagram, at It's the Sylvia. This week, guys, back on the show. Oh, always a great time. Always a great chat. Howard Jones from Light the Torch. We are here to celebrate the new record. You will be the death of me. It's coming out June 20. Fifth, guys, make sure you're pre-ordering it. Fantastic record. Perfect follow-up to Revival if you guys have been a huge fan of that record like I have. Um, and I also want to bring up, guys, that they do have a live stream the same day, June 25th. Go to shopbenchmark.com slash light the torch. Pick up a ticket to the live stream. It's going to be a great time. Same day the record comes out. Um, but before we get into that interview with Howard, let's talk about the Metal Sucks news. Tell me who's insidious, tell me. All right, so before we jump into the Metal Sucks news, I went to my first concert yesterday. I did, we did talk about a little bit in the interview that it was going to happen, but I actually experienced it. I went to a com- comedian, Sebastian Maniscalco, was out here at the uh, Wynn Casino. The Wynn Casino is uh, where I dwell most of the time. One percenter. I'm Look not a one percenter. Mr. Monocle. Wynn Encore. It's just where I love. It's me and my lady. We love all the restaurants, everything there. That's, that's our, our place out here. I'm not promoting it. They're not paying us, but uh, that's where the concert was at. So I've seen a, a lot of lot of comedians at the Encore Theater at the Wynn. And this was obviously my first foyer into watching a concert, like a major concert, if I may. Or to me, it's major. How many right? people were there? I w- the, the Encore Theater fits about, a, a th- I would say, 1,200 tops. 1,000 is what it looks like. Okay. It's like a, a very small theater. You know, um, and they always have, I think, big comedy acts. We get to see them in a smaller venue. It's it's really cool, you know. And so I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. And I got to tell you, Sebastian was fantastic. Hilarious. His opener was a guy named Pat McGann. Fantastic. Hilarious. Great job. But people are not ready for this yet. Um, a lot of... The audience doesn't know how to behave at a comedy show, um, which I was shocked. As you mentioned, the win is kind of a nicer casino. Tickets weren't cheap. 
this is a Father's Day gift for me, you know, and uh, the amount of hecklers, the amount of problems that the the performer had to deal with, I've never seen at this venue before, like at all. Um, so it was kind of kind of surprising. Uh, a couple things I'll bring up. One of the one of the the things is that um, there was a gentleman who, when you look in the the whole, the, 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 just like a normal theater, you know, but you do have a second level and, and all that stuff. But when you look down from the second level, there was a row maybe six seats, eight seats, and there's one gentleman sitting by himself. And Sebastian, the comedian, was like, did your family not show up? And he was telling a joke about this cousin. I'm not going to ruin his act for anybody. That played into him actually speaking to this gentleman. And the gentleman, was he, he spoke back, and he's like, no, no, no. I bought all these seats so I can see you because I don't, I'm, I don't want to get COVID. So he actually bought a row of seats. It's like $1,000 probably worth seats do you think uh i would say maybe two yeah maybe two and the i mean second row you yeah. know so uh my tickets were like 350 I, I was not on the second row Ooh. i was uh i was on the second level yeah you know i i really i was right in the center it was good but so it may be more than two thousand dollars but he brought the whole row so he didn't have to sit next to anybody and uh that was an interesting thing to see yeah uh I don't think that's going to really help you at all. Like uh, at I, all at all. I, I don't know either. But that's I mean, what if I'm you're saying. Stay, the mindset. Yeah, if you're going to stay there, if you're just going to sit there and watch it with a mask, then fine. But I mean, what about the people in front of him and people behind him? I mean, it's like he's always going to have people in his vicinity. I don't I don't understand. So it was uh, again, we all we're all dealing with this differently. It's one of those guys that just overthought it. Probably, you know, bought out a row. Yeah. Said, bought out a row, but nobody's yeah. going to be next to me. But you're right. We're like any theater. I think uh, that's like that. We're kind of on top of each other on the seats. Yes. Like I had people next to me on both sides. And I mean, my hands are in the in the center. I'm, I'm you know, I'm taller. I'm six three. So I don't fit really well in like it's like an airplane seat. So I can't use the elbow side. I have to be in the center. And the people next to me, they had the elbows on the the shared uh, elbow space. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they had their elbows there. So I'm just kind of sitting there. My face still hurts from laughter. So it was a fantastic time and I wouldn't change a thing. But there was, I don't know, four or five different occasions where if you guys don't know him as a comic, he's a very animated comic and he kind of does a good storytelling. His bits will take like six minutes before a punchline. It takes time. So he's kind of building it up and he broke character and was like lights on the crowd and then just would point at people and kick them out because there were so many hecklers. And and I I was like, wow, I've never seen this behavior before, especially at that venue. See, I have, this is why comedians and performers for the most part just get paid way more when they come to Vegas. Number mm-hmm. one, it's completely out of the way for uh, for anybody to come to this town. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not like it's not like when you go to California where they got towns and they're like maybe three, three, two, three hours away from If you're one a another. booking agent, you'd go through Reno yeah. if you're going to hit Nevada. Yes, I got yeah, you. Yeah, Vegas yeah. is uh, so, it's four so hours from anything. We're, yeah. we're, at, we're kind of at a disadvantage, but the, uh, the entertainers and stuff like that do get paid more. And especially during the summer... Uh, I've heard that they get paid more because, dude, these people are day drinking. Yesterday was 117 degrees, yes. dude. So, so these people were day drinking all damn day, probably. Mm. Decided to go to the show, and look, man, it's 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 every anytime during the summer, it's like you might have a dead crowd, and I mean they're not laughing loud, but they're having a good time. But dude, their energy is zapped because they've been spending time in the pool and yep. hanging out in that heat, dude. So I just think that 
Vegas is its own monster, and that's and, and for an entertainer. Mm. And I just think that if you ask Sebastian, like how many times that same thing has happened in Las Vegas, oh dude, he'll have a he'll, he'll have, have a, a whole story. Because yeah. I've heard of so I've heard of things like that happening with Ron White and Daniel Tosh, and it's like so. I mean, these things happen all the time in this town. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a little like I said, it didn't ruin the show. Fantastic experience. Um, I didn't have the nerves that I thought I would entering you know society. I didn't have it at all. Um, I'm vaccinated. I, I think that's just a badge in my head of like, I'm good, you know, yeah. type of thing. Um, and no masks anywhere. The only people that wore masks that I saw in the entire casino and the casino was packed were the employees. The employees mm-hmm. still wore masks. Um, and that gentleman that bought the row, he was wearing a mask. I did see that. But um, yeah, dude, it was a, it was a, a good time. I'm, I'm excited for Bill Burr, which I'm going to see Bill Burr in about a week uh, or so. And uh, I think it's about eight nine days. But the point is, is that yeah, I'm 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 good with it. I just feel like I the tra- I didn't I didn't see that coming. The transition of the audience not knowing how to behave, and the audience. I just think it's really, a Vegas thing. You I think, think it's so? A Vegas thing. I, he, I, I mean, he said could, a couple jokes. Like you know, I, again, I don't want to ruin his ass. He said a couple jokes where people screamed and walked out. Yeah, and well, they those, weren't. They weren't uh, again. They're not like the perfect PC jokes, but. They weren't anything that I think would be too edgy. I can I can bring one up. Like I said, I don't want to give up his act, but he he said a statement in in the act that I saw, and he's like, "Well, the Japanese they don't color," and someone lost their mind, like with crayons. They walked out, and 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 the reference that he was saying is that don't want to ruin his act, but his wife wanted to go to a sushi restaurant. He's got a two year old and a four year old, and he's like, "They need coloring books, or they got a five minute flat thing," and he's like, "The Japanese they don't color. They don't they don't they don't color at the tables." That's what he was saying. That's where it went, but he said that statement, and it, it was an uproar. Lights on, security like stop the show and 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 go on. That was one of five incidents in his ninety minute set that he had to turn the lights on and get people out of there for uh, wow. for their behavior. And uh, visibly at the end, because his his last joke, I'm not going to ruin it. It was a little edgy, but he he even said before he hit the punchline, he goes, "I'm so nervous to say this joke right now." Mm-hmm. He's like, "I don't want the lights on again." Like he knew, right? And then he dropped it. Everybody laughed, well, clapped, standing ovation. Great this- show all the way. But the performers are not just on edge. They're they're scrutiny against them oh, right dude. now on that stage, man. And um, that's why that's why entertainment's heading towards uh, TikTok and stuff like that mm. because you could say that without having the audience throw yeah. you off. You could just get it out and edit it perfectly the way you want it. It's like uh, we we talk about this all the time on the show, dude. Entertainment is just getting completely washed away, especially live entertainment. No. Oh yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. dude. I'm telling you that whole. Oh, yeah. Again, we're talking about ten out of a thousand people. Unfortunately, I think those ten will be at live entertainment venues. But what I'm but, talking about is yeah. moving forward. All of those entertainment, all those entertainers and stuff like that, they are going to be the TikTok stars. Where they're not as good, they're just they're just out there trying to be have as much mass appeal as possible. I, I don't think so. I think it's a completely different format. I don't think the art form of comedy, music, or anything like that anybody wants to be no. compared to TikTok. But we're talking about no. Generation. But what I'm talking about, I'm talking about comedians that mm-hmm. are using things like TikTok and stuff like that to launch themselves mm-hmm. and then and then they you know and, and that's what i'm saying so it's like you when before there would be a little bit of a mystery and stuff like that you wouldn't necessarily know uh what you were going to get from that comedian well now you can watch that comedian every single day on tiktok see his grievances see their see her uh, you know what she's angry about 
or whatever. And then you could kind of have an idea of what the next show was going to be like. I mean, it's like, I'm I, sure I don't that's like true that. for some people, but mystique is still a big thing with a lot of entertainers. I think mystique is a very important thing for a lot of, a lot of people oh, it aren't is. on TikTok. TikTok is a launching talk- ground for new entertainers. But I'm talking about, that's what I'm talking new about. Ones. Moving forward, yeah. moving forward. It's and that's th- what I'm saying. And dude, and we're talking about five, 10 years to where it is a real thing. Yeah, but TikTok's an art form and I give those people their credit, but stage comedian that's a different art form it it's is not even close. it is but what i'm trying to say though is yeah. people don't care they just want to they just want to spend money so they could be in the the presence of fame maybe i mean i mean again i think it's it's all going to be it's all relative and i think it's fine i do think that the issue with again sebastian's a very clean comic I mean, he might have said bullshit last night he doesn't really gall. have a lot of edge. And like with Bill Burr, I'm imagining like right now, because I mean, we're at a major casino there. We're going to see him at the Cosmo out here. Um, I imagine it's going to be there might be a little bit of I'm prepping my lady. I'm like, dude, there's going to be some sort of altercations for what he says, you know. And see, I don't think so. I think, with think Bill so? Burr, I think with Bill Burr, you go into it knowing that he's going to say some stuff. And especially when tickets are that expensive, I just think that you pay, you don't, that's not a comp ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I, just I, don't, think, I don't think these were either. I think these were bought. But my thing is always with Sebastian, it's like he is a, pr- a very clean comic, not very edgy or mm-hmm. controversial. And I think when, when a comic does do something like that, the mm-hmm. people that weren't expecting it, oh my God. And then they just want to automatically judge and label and put them in a category. Hecklers, man. They're the worst. It's, it's, I just, I don't, I, they're I, garbage. I just wonder about, like that in general, like, dude, how, how, how? Well, it's who it, raised you. That's what I'm saying. It's a heckler. A heckler is somebody who who, who wants you? who wants the attention of the person on stage, you know, but they don't want to put in any of the fucking work, and they just want to be able to to make little comments and stuff, and let the comedian or whatever set up their, you know, their their next heckle. You know what I mean? It's it's a pathetic thing. You know what I mean? If that's the type of person you are, you're pathetic and sad. So with that, back in the game. I'm back in the uh, going to shows game. And then, uh, yeah, on our way. But yeah, fantastic. If you guys have a chance, make sure you do check out Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, great comic. Absolutely fantastic. Like I said, my cheeks are hurting. My cheeks are hurting. I was laughing the whole time, not just smiling. And most comedy shows, I just smile. I rarely laugh. I keep it internal. He brought it all out, dude. Every one of his little observations were just fucking spot on and uh, a great act. And hopefully, uh, hopefully, I don't know what he's touring, but hopefully people do catch him in their city. Uh, moving on so we can heckle someone that we heckle, it seems like, every other week. Vince Neal. See, Vince brings it on himself, oh, dude. You know, and you know what is, so your, your rule of heckling is if the performer comes not prepared and doesn't give a shit about the audience, you're allowed to heckle. You're allowed to heckle. Is that true? Is that your, uh, me, if you I, come I, don't, up, I don't think you are either way. <laughs> I, okay, look, I, okay, I think you're allowed to heckle because look, if a comedian or, or, a, or an entertainer like Vince Neal is going to put work into their act, then you need to respect the fact that somebody put work into something. 100%. And, and if you don't like it, you don't have to tear it down. Now, if you're Vince Neal and you're just kind of like, hey, hey, man, my voice is gone. And he just leaves like, like he did. You know, it's like, Vince, we're allowed to make fun of you, dude. It's like, how many more times? Like, you know, what was those? Uh, the cameo videos where he's, ah, hey, Tucker. Hey, Taco. Hey, Taco. <laughs> hey. Keep on rocking. Shout the devil. And uh... <laughs> that one. Yeah, that one. You should play it all in its entirety so you can remind me. Do you I have can, it all? I don't have the whole oh, thing. Don't I just have it. that yeah. one thing. But I, got, I have this. I don't care about and Attila. And, and, and the uh, Vince Neal one. But that's it. I mean, yeah. and it's like, again, dude, when you when you put out 
when you're as old as Vince Neo and every time we see you, you are fucked up. Mm -hmm. You're fucked up. Like, dude, how can any of us take you seriously at, at this point? I mean, he still sells tickets. So, I mean, he's, because of the nostalgia. But yeah, I mean, it's like because they still, still a name. Yeah. But I do feel that, yeah, there's some work to be done. If, and Brandon did reference last month, I believe he performed in Iowa. And when they were closing out the Sheryl's show, he just for people that don't know, he was just like, there's a video out there where he's like, ah, I can't do this anymore. My voice is gone, and he walked off stage, and then the backing track was singing with the band. Dude, yeah, and the band and was he just playing. Bailed. The band was just playing with the backing track, like just so they wouldn't look like there was a backing track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, was just, it was messed up. It, dude. it was a bad situation. But anyways, um, the next show he had, he was going to do in New York uh, this coming up Friday, June eighth, or he was going to do in New York this past Friday, June eighteenth, and uh, he canceled it. He said, you know, we're not doing it, and then the hotel put something out, and so now we can speculate. Why? Why did he cancel it? And when was it? When was it supposed to be? Friday this week. Okay, this June eighteenth. It June was 18th. last week. So, or, I mean, it was a couple yesterday. days ago. Okay. Uh, dude, what's, if it's Vizio, it's drugs or something. You mm. know what I mean? Or maybe or because or something health related because of the drugs. It's like if he, you think because there's that stadium tour coming up there and he's got to sell tickets since in twenty twenty two, right? That he can't have videos like that out there because it's going to affect the big paycheck yes, in the year. That's probably yes. what it is. That's what I was thinking. I'm telling too. you, dude. It's like I think he's got to be able to sell like I'm in shape. I'm going to yeah, nail the show. I think his handlers are just kind of like, look, we just need you to look the part. You don't have to be. <laughs> you got to make just it. Just look like you can. Just give me look like you're singing. You know the words to the song we're playing. Yeah. You know what I mean. Don't be singing Doctor Feel Good when we're doing. You know, same old situation. You know what I mean. It's like just. Just come at it from. Just give us a little bit of professionalism, Vince. Just a little bit. I understand that. Yes, you know the memories of you were from you in your twenties and getting fucked up and, and and banging like super hot chicks and you know and drugs and just excess and excess and excess. But now, dude, it is sad, bro. It is sad. Mm. Give the people what they deserve and that does and that that just means you got to do some jumping jacks and just what you know just to get the crowd to, to put their hands up in the air that's all you got to do dude that's all you got to do i gotta tell you if vince neal did jumping jacks on stage that video would make me laugh right, right it, <laughs> so, he'd probably die but <laughs> i want to see the vince neal jumping jacks that's a that's, that's what I'm a saying. good call anyways but you know next year when they have the big stadium tour with them and def leppard i am poison right yeah i forgot the whole lineup but um yeah, dude, he needs to be on point. And these shows, obviously, that he's doing just to get out there and get back into that routine, uh, it's not going to work dude, out Mick, for him, It's man. like, dude, just look at it. Okay, I, I really do think Tommy is the only one that plays his instrument on stage. For Motley Crue? We talked about yeah, this. For yeah, for Motley Crue. I, 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 I'm 99%, I'm pretty much 100% sure Tommy Lee plays his drums live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have proof of anybody else in the band. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Drums. I don't. <laughs> when I see him live. I don't. Or Vince I mean, singing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, and look, man, it, when you're when that is going on, mm -hmm. then you know what, dude? You just, you don't need Vince to hit the notes. You just need Vince to throw his hand up in the air at the end of every song to make it out like he's making a connection with the fucking audience. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to do. Okay. Get your paycheck, shoot your heroin after the show. Ah, I don't know if he's doing heroin. Okay, maybe not heroin, but do your beer bong full of Patron after the show. You know, I mean, just space it out a little bit. Beer bong full of Patron, yikes. Yeah, I know. I can see that. I can see Vince mm. totally doing a beer bong. Of course of you can. So, um, 
All right. Do you think he's going to play anymore? Or do you think this tour or any of the shows he's doing? I, I, I think he's going to go back on tour in two months, dude. Dude, I think he, he just need- needs the negative press to go away, and he'll, he'll be right back on track. Maybe he needs to go. Maybe he needs to. He'll be back in two months. But look, personally, he's got a huge thing coming up. If I were him, I would just focus on you know losing a little bit of weight. Trying to, and again, just getting myself in fighting shape. That's mm. it. Just get yourself in fighting shape. Fighting just shape. look the part. We just need you to be able to jog from one side of the stage to the other, slap hands with the, with the audience in the front row, and then again, just, just do all the typical rock star shit. That's all you got to do. There's going to be backing tracks. <laughs> we know that. You're right. Yeah, we yeah. know that. He knows that. He knows so that, his yeah. job is already 50% done. All right. So he doesn't need ginger ale and honey and all this other stuff on his voice. He can still do his regular routine. It's just don't get so wrecked. We will. We will see. We will see if Vince uh, takes your advice and takes that more seriously, or if he just keeps. There's more videos of this. I'm going to say it's fifty-fifty. I think the chance of him going back on tour in a month after being bored and more bad videos, just like the dude from Rat, Stephen Piercy. Same thing, dude. The videos are going to come now. They're, they're, they're out there, and they don't. I, they don't really care. And that's okay. I love the fact that they don't care. That's something I, I give them full credit for. You know what? I'm going to go out there and make my money. I worked my ass off for 40 years, and I don't give a shit. I'm okay with that attitude. I'm just not a fan of uh, not being a professional. And that's, that's where it comes with me. So moving on to a professional, if we may. Um, and I like to talk about this story because this happens a lot. I hear a lot of times that people will call certain product projects, you know, mainstream metal projects like... Uh, Dave Mustaine is a Megadeth's a solo project of his and yada, yada. And somebody, you know, people have always recently been saying that Rob Flynn, Machine Head, has been kind of a solo project for him. And he's a dictator. And uh, Rob actually addressed a lot of those comments. But um, and you guys can go to MetalSucks.net and read all of his comments. There's a lot. It's you know, he's not he's long winded, dude. Love Rob Flynn like Machine Head, but I can't read a statement. It's always going to be like nine paragraphs. He's just a long-winded dude. So go read that if you guys want. Um, I think he makes a good valid point in that uh, little novel to express that he's not a... Uh, not a dictator. Not a dictator. Okay. Wow. But, just um, used a sentence. But I, I, I agree with him completely. I don't think there's any musical actor band out there. Yes, I do think there's leaders in bands that are like, hey, you know, you got to do what I say. I do believe that because they have the experience of what that brand is. But everything, in essence, has to be a collaboration in a heavy metal band, right? I would imagine. But, I mean, in a band like that, though, I, whenever there's a leader, mm-hmm. a, a, like a clear-cut leader, mm-hmm. I mean... It is kind of a, like, I don't want to say it's a solo project, but whenever one person is just the, the be-all, end-all, and like, yeah, I like your idea, but we'll take this thing and twist it a little bit to make it to make it be more my vision. I don't know, man. It's like, and when you're the guy that's constantly coming up with the ideas, and you're the one that's constantly coming up with the, the songs and the lyrics and stuff, it's like, yeah, dude, I'm sure there's going to be people out there, and I'm sure there's going to be band members out there that feel like maybe their voice isn't being heard, but at the same time... I, we've been in situations like that where it's like you keep bitching, but you're not doing anything. I, I do understand that. But like my counterpoint would be, look, we talk about Chuck Schuldiner, right? Mm-hmm. Death's first record, Scream Bloody Gore, is on drums with Chris Reifart. Obviously, that's the first death metal record that we think it is. And if you guys go listen to our interview uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Tomas from At The Gates agreed. And uh, the point is, is that, but you have the guy that did Autopsy, a completely different type of band, some of the best, you know, Mental Funeral, one of the best death metal records of all time. And you have Chuck 
Schuldiner, who clearly, together, those guys created, to me, the first death metal record. You go to Human a couple years later with Chuck Schuldiner, and you have the guys from Cynic and him create a record. And now you have, to me, the first technical death metal record, tech death, whatever, metal record of all time. To say it's a Chuck Schuldiner uh, solo project, it, it, it takes away from all the talents of Paul Masvidal and, and Shine Reinhardt and all those guys that were on Human and Chris, you know, on Screen Bloody Gore. I don't consider Death a solo project, despite having different menu members all the way through. Don't consider Megadeth that. Taking away all Marty Friedman's, you know, work in Megadeth makes no sense to me. I don't consider Machine Head that. I really do. I really think like all the stuff that they did with Phil Demel, and that is to me the crowning achievement of the band. Without, we're not talking about Catharsis. That one was the fall apart record. But we're talking about everything they did with the Blackening, Bloodstone and Diamonds, Unto the Locust, um, Through the Ashes of the Empires. Those four records are, if you're a Machine Head fan, they're they're phenomenal. And he kept this lineup together to. They all created that together. So it, to call him a dictator to me is like, I, I don't see it at all. Do I think he's starting over and now he has to do more than he did on those four records I just mentioned to bring back the fan base? Yeah. Does it, is he not going to bring in, dude, he brought in the guitars from Decapitated to tour with them. So if he brings him on, on the record, uh, Vogue, I, I have no doubt it's going to sound amazing because the guy brings a lot of shit to the table. So, I don't think you can have a dictator or a solo artist um, without, I don't know, solo artist to me is... Look, when I think of dictator, yeah, I think of... Not, not in a musical sense. Like, look, what, the, the, only, the only musical dictator I can think of in a band really is Axl Rose. That's the only one that I could think of where it was like, wow. Like when you hear about some of the, the rights and stuff that you would think that he would share with the rest of the band, he's like, nope, all mine. Like it would, that's when, that's when I go, oh dude, but he put out one record since 1993. So you can give him that title, but we're not talking about like the artists we're talking about. They've put out 10 records in 10 and in, in 20 years. No, you know? but what I'm saying Eight records in 20 but years. What so I'm it's saying, like, obviously there's a collaboration process. Yeah, But, but can there be, can there but you're also factoring in the past. We're talking about at this moment right here, right now. It's like maybe maybe back in the day, you know, yes, of course, back in the day, those those Machine Head records were a collaboration. Mm-hmm. But now it's like it's one person's sole kind of vision. And you're kind of and that's so impossible to just try and get other people to understand that to get to get an idea of what's going on in your head. So I think when you. The, the label of dictator and stuff is, yeah, when, when you're constantly dealing with frustration, I'm sure it could come out on occasion. You know, I'm, I'm sure you could take it out on your bandmates. To me, a dictator is like, I'm running the show and your opinions don't matter and you don't do anything. And uh, it lessens everybody else that works with the But person. you know what, though? But at the same and time... And I think you can't say that about Rob Flynn's But I want to know bandmates. about... Uh, but I also... But in these situations, though... You know how people are like, oh, he never does this. He never listens to me. He never does it. And it's like, and then when you really look back on it, you're like, no, 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 he listened. There was a bunch of times where he took your idea. There's no way there's not a compromise. That's what I'm saying. Like some format. So it just depends, man. Some people might be coming at it from a victim standpoint where it's like, I never get heard, you know, and then there's, and then he might be like, what are you talking about? I listened to you on this track, this track, this track, this track. And yeah, sure. It might've been like a two second thing in a song, but, Mm -hmm. but he, but it still got made its way in there. You know, so maybe maybe you didn't get the input that you think you deserve. But again, you weren't the one that was putting in, you know, 10 plus years into a band and building it, building it into the name that it is now. Yeah, there's leaders of bands that without a shadow of a doubt, the Trent Reznors, the Marilyn Mansons, the, you know, they run the show and they change the personnel and they own all the rights and they are the brand and all that stuff. But if you go back to 
the last three Marilyn Manson records, which were all great, right? Uh, to me, I thought they were all great. The Tyler Bates records, you can clearly see he's the one that saved Manson from all his bullshit the years prior. And then the last one he did with Shooter Jennings, he, again, these guys have brought him and risen him. So he gave them an opportunity to, to help his brand and make music with them. So they're vitally important to that time frame of Marilyn Manson's career. And I could say the same thing about Trent Reznor throughout his career. But my point is to say that, you know, yeah, they own everything. They call the shots and you're not going to get equal billing or equal fairness. But dictators? Nah, man. They need those people to keep them relevant and alive and find new fan bases. And that's one thing about music, movies, everything. Like um, there's a story and I'll touch on it real quick and uh, about a Trey you not selling enough, a lot of records at this point in their career. Obviously their lead singer, Alex, left a little while ago. Um, it was on metalsucks.net that I saw. And what I what I put together with that, it was like, well, you got to understand something is that Atreyu fans, you know, when that band was really hot and on top and, and really mattered, those records had to survive 10 years later and still have relevance, originality, all these important things for people to want to keep buying their records going forward. You know, bands like Atreyu, bands like even Bleeding Through, let's just say, for their fan base, their albums sound dated. You know, and that's why they're not selling new records. You have to sound new again. You have to sound vibrant again and get a new fan base to jump on in, you know? And uh, that's the that's the difficulty, I think, for a lot of bands. Or at least changing the- members helps that for for guys when the idea well is gone. Yeah, it's stagnant. Look, look at Chuck Schuldiner. Every one of his records are fucking awesome. Different band members on every one, right? Short lifespan, you know, but who's going to argue which that, that there isn't a, a fucking gem in that guy's catalog? All of them are gems, but different band members, you know? Um, and sometimes you, you get the same band members for four years if you're a leader of a band like Rob Flynn. Or sometimes you get them for 15 years and you put out amazing stuff. But really, when the well runs dry, man, and for us fans, and I, I don't know about, I know Rob Flynn loves catharsis, but for us fans, I feel like we felt that that was not the same band that gave us the blackening. Um, well, that's that's just I somebody, feel like moving on is just I good think, for everyone. I just think the harder part about metal and rock, just rock and roll in general, and metal definitely falls into this overall just big roof category, okay? The idea of rock and metal and stuff, it's like, we don't want our rock stars to grow up. And we don't want our rock stars to implement all the other influences that they have soaked in throughout the years. And we don't want our rock stars to make an attempt to sound more relevant because it's going to feel like an attempt. But the thing is, is with these rock stars, don't tell you straight up. I do believe that when a rock star goes, that's our best record. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's our best record. And then you hear it and you're like, whoa, what are you talking about? Your best record. But this is a guy talking. He's tired of singing the songs from 10, 12 years ago. That's not even the same guy. No. So Nobody's this guy, the same person. That's what I'm like saying. That. But this guy, you know, but people want to grow up. And then look, and as people grow, sometimes you split apart from band members. And then, you know, you try and find a new sound that fits with who you are at that moment. And sometimes, dude, as fans, it's hard for us to accept. It's hard for us to accept that this person is not the same person that they were when they were 22. Yeah. So, and, it, and we're getting, and, and because, and because that sound doesn't match what we remember, 
you know, sometimes it's met with a little bit of vitriol. Yeah, and you got you got to move on from the the fans that won't let you grow, and you got to make new fans, and that's the hardest part in any genre, whether that, it be comedy, rock, dude, movies. and that could sink or swim you, dude, and yeah. that's hard, man. It's like, do you really want to sacrifice your whole career just so you could be relevant, or do you want to start all all over? And it's like with Machine Head, it's like there is a point to where it's like. Okay, with Catharsis, you know, you listen to a record like that, and it's such a far, it's such an offshoot from everything else they did. I I almost would have been a little bit more, I almost would have preferred for them just to call themselves a, dip, a different band. Let that be called Rob Flynn. Yeah, yeah. Let that, I see just, what you're saying. Yeah. Just be a different band. If this is who you are at this moment, Rob Flynn, mm-hmm. then you can do that, and people will still respect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But don't. But don't bring the Rob Flynn band into a, uh, a group a, 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 a group atmosphere, a machine head. You know, I mean, like that. It doesn't fit with what we remember. Yeah. So do you think he's a dictator? Uh, I no. I just I think either. he's I don't think I don't think he's a dictator, but I do think he's the guy that's running the shop. Mm-hmm. And, and again, when you're art, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with art and you're dealing with a bunch of people that are always emotional. Yeah. Dumb words like dictator are going to get thrown around. Absolutely. It makes no sense to label. <laughs> To use that word in an artistic manner, people are stupid. But without dude, artists here, are stupid. Yeah, okay. People right. that work in the fucking thing, it's like they're they're, they're not. There's the reason there's a there's a reason they're not doctors for Christ's sake, you know. Yeah, and but I also feel that without I think any fan out there of Machine Head or someone who hates them now or old fans or whatever, without Rob Flynn, that band would have not been as it would not have gone as far. His perseverance is such a key momentum for that band to have probably gotten through so many records that we love. So, uh, yep. Keep doing what you're doing. Rob, keep uh, putting out the long ass winded responses to the internet. (laughs) I'll keep reading them. But until then, my friend, you are not a dictator according to this stupid podcast, but Stupid. Enough stupid podcast. We're dumb. Excuse our opinion, me. Our opinions Excuse are not smart. Our opinions. Me. Are, You're right. You are definitely. No, I'm right. not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to tell anybody that. Uh, hey, I know what's up. I don't know. You what's up. are right. But we got a platform. We do got a platform. So that's all we Hooray. got. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> so let's jump into the reason you guys are here. Let's jump into my interview with none other than Howard Jones. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Howard Jones. We are here to celebrate the new album, You Will Be the Death of Me. It's coming out June 25th, guys, from Light the Torch, of course. So, Howard, the first thing I wanted to jump in and talk about, I am a pa- uh, fan of podcasts as well, and you've been doing the How Awesome Is This podcast now for a minute, and uh, you guys have been doing action movies, a lot of Arnold stuff, but you did go to a deep cut the last one I heard, and that was, was Stone Cold. So tell me about your love for the, uh, the 80s action movies and, and kind of why you have such a, a passion for them. Uh, well, one, you know, I'm in good company doing it. Mm. Yeah, so having uh, Charlie and Jamie you know, to uh, bounce stuff off of, is, it's just a lot of fun. And number two, these movies were, I mean, you know, they hold a special place, watched a lot of them. But let's just be clear, these movies are insane. They are just insane. I mean, how are you supposed to make any sort of connection to these completely unrealistic things going on? It, it's, it is amazing what we consumed as, uh, 
you know, as the general population at that time. So some of these movies are just, they're just hilarious. It's pure comedy gold. I completely agree with you. I am also a, a huge fan. Do you remember the first, out of curiosity, the first like 80s action movie you actually saw in the theater um, during that time or even 90s, you know, whichever time frame that was just as bad as it was but holds a special place for you? You know, I don't, I, I don't remember the first one. I mean, there's, I, I don't know. I'd have to see just a list of movies, but I'm thinking of certain ones like, um, we're going to see Bloodsport, yes. you know, and just, and I think that was what, maybe 89, something like that, 88, 89. And yeah, you know, at that time, it's fantastic. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you watch it now a different story yes. it's actually quite hilarious <laughs> i think Bloodsport, and i agree with you Bloodsport holds up better than a lot of the other ones we can say that <laughs> i i think yeah yeah i i feel confident if i so like showed like an 11 year old blood sport they'd feel the same way i do <laughs> like, like whoa <laughs> maybe <laughs> you're right maybe but the, the, there's still some moments in it that are just absurd. And then, you know, you'll get your gratuitous butt shot mm-hmm. from, uh, from Van Damme. So it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's outrageous. So, yeah, I love that stuff. I'm the same, man. I'm the same. I went down, and the, the first one I saw in the theater that I remember, I snuck into it. This is why I remember. And I can't remember what I bought a ticket to. I'm pretty sure it was U2, like Rattle and Hum. And I was I was young, dude. I was like, oh, wow. yeah. And I snuck into Rambo three, and that was the first like one I saw in the wow. theater. And I remember, I, dude, I thought it was the greatest movie of all time. Upon the revisit, I realized it's not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, people don't reference Rambo three as long. an action hit. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of explosions, dude. I remember. I don't know. There's just parts that, as a kid, like the end of Red Scorpion, when Dolph Lundgren just says "fucking a" and credits happen, it, it's stuck in my mind forever. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking actually, my, man, did I go see Conan? I I don't mm, know. I don't know. I didn't. It's very possible, but um, yeah, that movie. Once again, you know, it's 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 good, but at the same time, it's outrageous. Oh man, you said it. That's the greatness of it. And modern day, uh, I, I feel like the, if I may, the action movies of the modern day, they're comic book based. So we already have an origin story of what is kind of outrageous explained to us, and that's what I think. Uh-huh. The the old movies, they don't explain it. Things just happen. And we just accept, yeah. you know, like <laughs> we just, accept, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just accept Tango and Cash. Uh, kind and, of, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of the plus of, of comics and, and series, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, having, having six, eight, 12 episodes, you know, that's where you can, you can get a, you can get just this backstory and, and figure out things, you know, where, Back then, yeah, Tango and Cash is yeah. That's that is such a crazy movie, <laughs> and it's so good. It's so. Good. And I'm, I'm trying to think. Have we have we watched that on that podcast? I I don't know if we have, but I feel like it's it, it's due. 
it's definitely due. It is due. I did like the deep cut of Stone Cold for people who don't know. It's Brian Bosworth's, I think, his only film. Maybe. He might have done something else. It's the only one I remember. No, I believe he has definitely done movies. Um, But yeah, that's the one he was known for, which is not great. (laughs) But, but But still, I... I went to the theaters to see it. You know what? I, I was wondering if I did, and I can't remember if I did, because I thought about it. I felt like I did, or I was really excited when I saw it in the video store. You know, the older I get, uh, you know, I, I forget where the excitement was for me, but I remember being really excited when I got to view it. Um, I do remember that, and again, holds a special place. I haven't revisited it since you guys did the episode, but like, I want to. And the only reason I haven't is because it's harder to find things now, and I, I don't know if I want to spend... Yeah you know, 25 bucks on a DVD, um, for that revisit. Do you recommend that? Yeah. Um, that's a lot for the DVD. (laughs) You can find it, you know, you can find it a little less, uh, expensive, but yeah, I remember too being excited about it and remember walking out and just wondering why was I excited about this? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely worth a view. You know, it's, it has its spots. And also if, if you're watching it and you know what to, what or what not to expect, then it's just that much more enjoyable. Absolutely. So I just want to tell everybody one more time, guys, make sure you're checking out the podcast that, um, I don't know how often they come out, but there, there've been about 10 or 11 episodes. It's, it's with Jamie, Charlie and Howard, as we mentioned, it's called how awesome is this podcast? I guess hate podcast, H A I T acronym. Is that? Yeah. Okay, perfect. H-A-I-T yeah. is the acronym, but it's How Awesome Is This Podcast. Make sure you guys are checking it out. And uh, we're going to move into the new record, but I got one more question because as a fan, I do, I do want to bring up two movies that I wonder if you would want. Tango and Cash we talked about, so we know that's a must. Yeah. But um, two movies without 80s star power that I think uh, just are my favorite from the 80s. One is Best of the Best. Have you seen? I think we've been speaking about that, and I, mm. I believe I saw it, but I, I would need to watch it again to remember details. It's, it's, it's got some great James Earl Jones moments. Just so you know, <laughs> I mean, he's such a good actor. And when he's acting with bad ones, it's like, dude, you're killing him. Stop, James. <laughs> and that's the thing. And I, I was actually thinking of him and Cohen when we were oh. just mentioning there lightly it was just uh he was pretty amazing in that <laughs> so yeah uh i i faintly remember best of the best but yeah i would have to watch it again and then the second one is and i don't know if you've seen this one avenging force do you remember that film no i don't dude michael dudikoff steve james the american ninja team right and uh, okay. yeah, dude, it is it is still to this day, I think one of the best action movies of the eighties. Ridiculous. All the all the uh, hits all the notes. Horrible acting, but man, I, I feel like it's 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 up there. So you guys, if if you just throw that out there, yeah. like, have you dude seen Avenging Force? You know, and if they're like, Yes, <laughs> Howard, you're gonna Avenging be Force. Oh, Avenging oh. Force, dude. It's, yeah, it's, just the, just the name. The name just says director video. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I can't prove it wasn't. So <laughs> I definitely can't, dude. Like, there's there's some director video gold. Like, I won't promote the films like White Fire. I don't know if you ever seen this, but oh my god, it's director video or Pray for Death. It's like the old school. <laughs> Man, but dude, fans out there, if you haven't seen White Fire or Pray for Death. 
80s action fans, you guys are in for a treat. You will sit there and just like not eat, the popcorn will sit in your hand with your mouth open the whole time and you won't even throw it in. That's how amazingly bad this movie is. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, the plot of White Fire is there's a White Fire diamond that if you touch it, it like burns you and you just die right away. And it's like, that's the plot. <laughs> I love just. <laughs> just believe this premise. <laughs> just believe it. And, and now, no, it's 80s special effects with no budget. Now, just go from there. It's great. It's like a strobe light. They're, they're gone. It's like that's how people burn. <laughs> believe this, and we've got and we've got the special effects to prove it. Okay, great. <laughs> I so, love it. So, fingers crossed on best of the best on the show. Howard's going to look up Avenging Force, and then the other two. <laughs> Like I said, I, I, I promote the other two, White Fire and Pray for Death, but I'm not saying do it. <laughs> so, wow. All right. So, guys, make sure. Okay. Great podcast. Uh, how awesome is that? H-A-I-T podcast. Make sure you guys are checking it out um, if you guys haven't yet. Um, and that's something that I do love, your relationship with Josta and all the years through the podcast. I've been a huge fan of the Josta show so many years, and um, you know, you've know you done so many episodes. So it's great that you guys are doing like a, a – to hear like the – the fun friendly thing where you guys are connecting on something that a lot of us fans also want to connect to. So it's just a great idea and a great time for us. So I, I want to thank you guys for doing that. Um, oh, that's cool. I, I never hear that end of it. <laughs> you know, just, you know, I'm, yeah, that's really cool. You know, I, I just do it because I enjoy it and it's, uh, it's something fun for me. And that to me, it's just kind of paramount. You know, it's like if I'm doing stuff, I've got to be enjoying it. And so, yeah, that's just something I enjoy. Excellent, dude. And you can hear it. That's a, that's another thing. You can hear it for sure. But we are here, my friend, to talk about the new record, man. You will be the death of me. It's coming out June 25th, as I mentioned. So let's talk about this one. Lyrically, on the direction of this album, I did read somewhere that you said that you became more personal in your writing for this record. Uh, tell me about that journey and how you feel you really encompassed where you're coming from lyrically for this album. Um, I think it's kind of just comes with evolution and I don't know, getting old or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's just, uh, you know, I think everyone evolves to some degree, you, you change. And, and, um, I think, uh, being with these guys, uh, you know, being with Ryan and Francesco, uh, yeah, I, I've learned to just be a little more open, you know, and, not be as shut off you know and uh, it's crazy that you can still learn stuff you know late in life but yeah that's i think uh just learning to be open when i'm struggling with things or just like uh being close to guys when, in, in ways i haven't before you know it's like that all of that helped and then you know just when we're uh recording you know writing recording the album i basically like lived with francesca yeah so um and that's not me and you know i i'm just not accustomed to being around people like that and so doing that we just i don't know we got close and then everything we were both going through you know we, yeah i consider ryan and francesco family i i just do now so like being able to communicate with these guys and just seeing what they've gone through and then what I'm going through at the same time. And then what we're all going through as a band. Yeah. It was just 
the short period of time that we've been together, we've recorded a lot of music and been through a lot of stuff. And so that kind of helped in writing. Yeah, just as I've gotten a little older, I've just felt more comfortable this time. Yeah, and the lyrics are fantastic. You know, I've always been a fan of your lyrics throughout your career. Um, but this one really touches base on a lot of things that I think a lot of people will relate to. Um, but the way you put it, and like I said, the way the chorus is hit, all that stuff, it's, 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 you can see that it's calculated and it's done very, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but like on purpose, you know, like, I don't know how organic it was for you, but it seems like you knew exactly what you were trying to say with each song. And, uh, that's, that's really special for us fans. Um, uh, one of the, th- I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I did want to talk about, cause you did bring up the, the older we get the learning, the learning part and we keep learning. And I always, I'm like, I'm 40 and I'm like, dude, I really don't know shit still. Right. But the, the, <laughs> the hardest part for, for me, as I changed to contentment, happiness and all that stuff was the unlearning part before I can get there. Um, did you experience similar things as you were growing up to unlearn all the stuff that we're just thought was the truth growing up? Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess in some ways, yeah, if I think about that, yeah, I guess there are things you, uh, I, you know, like from your parents and Mm -hmm. things that you've learned, you just kind of accept as law, you know, and then as you, you find out later, some of what they thought or believed was not right, you know, so yeah, so that could be. Yeah, that that could definitely be. Um, I, I've just been very. Uh, I've tried to be very open to change if it's uh, if it's necessary. Yeah, and that's helped. I I actually kind of like doing different stuff and and trying to evolve. It's it keeps life interesting. Yeah, uh, I don't know where this conversation's going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know where I'm leading it to, and I'm leading it to the last track on the album, which was interesting very much. Sign your name. It, it is the most pop orientated. I'm telling you, man, you got me dancing at the end of the record. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's it's really a, a different direction. You guys pulled it off fantastically. It's a good way to end the album. Tell me about that song. Was it something that you were uh, was challenging for you guys, or was it something that just came really easy? Um, you know, I, you gotta give credit to Francesca. He's, uh, uh he arranged the song and uh, basically was at his place and he was making dinner and, and we were listening to a, uh, we're listening to a playlist that he had going and yeah, him being from Italy, you never know what you're going to get. You know, it's just, we grew up on different different music and some bands that hit in the States, you know, they just weren't around in Italy. So you just never know. But anyway, this one of the songs that came up on the playlist and, uh, I think I started singing it or humming it or something like that. And he's like, Oh, you like this song? Yeah, sure do. You know, it was a staple on MTV back in the day. And, uh, he just suggested, Hey, why don't we cover it? Really? not one of not something i would choose and i mean i love the song but yeah i just wouldn't have thought of it and i was like well yeah maybe we could and then a few days later i had music for it i was like wow he was serious so uh <laughs> i feel like uh i feel like i got i almost feel like i got set up with that 
<laughs> it's like you knew that song was going to play and you were going to ask that you already had the music done that's kind of what it felt like but yeah a couple of days later i had the music i was like this is a really it's a really cool uh interpretation of the song so uh yeah we gave it a go and it just worked and i think it works at the end of the album mm -hmm. it's just kind of a it's a fun song yeah, dude, it's it's a classic for me. Uh, it's it was Terrence Trench Darby. I remember sign your name right. That's that's the the original yep. song. And um, I remember, um, yeah, I see the staple on MTV. I don't remember that. Maybe I was too young for that. But I just remember the song so vividly and trying to figure out who did it because it was one of those <laughs> songs that stuck with you. But uh, yeah, yep. you, you guys nailed it, man. It's a fantastic way to end the album. I, I did think it was, a, uh, it was it was a great thing to do and. Um, I do, you know, I always wonder about covers albums at a certain point in people's careers. Um, now, mm -hmm. Howard, are you open to doing a cover album? Or is it something that you're like, you know what, I'd rather just focus on original stuff? You know, I honestly haven't thought about it. I haven't really thought, hey, should I make an, an album of covers? Mm -hmm. It hasn't, uh, it's, it really hasn't crossed my mind. I mean, I've thought to do covers, and honestly... All the ones I've done, they're not the ones I suggested. <laughs> <laughs> like S Simple Man wasn't you? That was somebody else? It was not my idea. Oh, wow. I did that. That was um, my buddy Alex, who uh, he runs an episodal podcast, you know, with uh, different uh, voice actors and things like that. So I, I was doing a little work with him. And so I did some uh, voice work on, on one of the episodes. And then he was like, oh, hey, man. You mind? You mind singing? Because uh, he wanted to use it for uh, for one of the episodes, and I just said, "Sure." And you know, I'm, and and he sent me music and said, uh, "Yeah, here you go." And I'm like, "All right, how do you want me to sing this?" And he just said, "You know, just do you, you know, just uh, yeah, just uh, sing what sing what feels right for you." And so uh, I just gave it a whirl. I, that was, that was how it turned out. <laughs> I did not expect uh, the response that, that has gotten. So, I mean, that's been really cool. Yeah. It turned out great. And that, that's, that's crazy. I didn't know, I didn't know that part of the story, but if you had the, uh, the this is just hypothetical everybody, but if we had, uh, if you're like, all right, I get to focus and, and do some covers and I want to do a cover album, what genre of music would you focus on? do you think the most or would you want to go all over the palette kind of how you you like music in general yeah i i would see it being kind of all over the place yeah. um yeah i'm it's i think that kind of describes my career and and, and my taste in in music and and my thought patterns is just all over the place <laughs> that that sounds about right Cool, man. No, it's, it's exciting. If it happens, it's exciting. Like I said, just because I really love the the versions you've done of these other tracks that I've heard, and uh, yeah, if they keep if they keep coming out so good, you know, I think it would be really a, a fun thing for us fans to check out. So I do want to segue though into the live stream you guys are doing on June twenty fifth. If you guys don't know out there, uh, Light the Torch is doing a live stream. You go to shopbenchmark.com slash light the torch. You can pick up tickets today, guys. Make sure you do. It's the album release day, June twenty fifth. 
Um, and uh, tell me about how, the preparation behind this and uh, how many songs off the new record are you guys planning to, to perform on the live stream for us? Um, yeah, we just got to get some, uh, yeah, got to get some rehearsals and just because, you know, who's done anything like this? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's been a while. I mean, in a way it's kind of nice that, you know, there'll be no one in front of us, you know, but at the same time, it, it's still just been a long time performing, even in front of, uh, camera guys and sound guys and it's just it's just going to be it's going to be interesting to dip the toe in again i i think there's going to be probably five or six new songs Mm. um yeah it'll be something like that uh and i generally leave the uh the set list up to francesca there's actually there's a lot of things that i leave up to francesca Exciting, man. A lot of these songs would be, I, I can't wait to hear them live. And that's something, um, you know, the backing vocals with Ryan and you, you guys live, it sounds amazing. It's always been a great part of seeing you guys. And it's oh, going to be thanks, a really good thing with this live stream. So, people, one more time, if, if you're picking up the record, you should be pre ordering it right now. It's coming out June 25th. Don't forget to celebrate same day before you guys get your physical copy, the live stream. Again, I'm going to tell you guys shopbenchmark.com slash light the torch so a um, couple more questions for you Howard before I get you out of here the one thing I did want to bring up tour dates are happening you guys are booked to, to do some live shows um, how are you feeling are you comfortable about jumping back into all this uh, touring right now or are you a little bit skeptical uh, because of how things are in the world and we're just talking about the states right now currently yeah um, yeah we'll see what happens I mean I won't say it's that uh, touring is going to happen until we're actually on tour so who knows I, the, the last shows we did you know it, it got the world got shut down and and that's the thing everyone's not at the same pace yet so i i still i don't know what's going on yeah. so uh hey whatever happens happens yeah but uh i'm ready you know, I, i'm definitely ready to uh do some stuff but at the same time not ready i'm still gonna be nervous as all get out i think that's nervous all of us all get out. is that a real phrase <laughs> <laughs> i understood what you meant so you gotta realize all right. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm first generation american so i i speak not correct <laughs> english so i i understand it like <laughs> to me when Perfect. i tell the kids to go get ice cream i go go upstairs and get ice cream that means the top of the fridge <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, you know, so, if you say something wrong i'm not i'm not a good i'm not a good point man to help you howard <laughs> oh i love i love slang on top of slang that's great it's how you learn right you just learn things it sticks <laughs> yeah. with you and then people look at you like what are you talking about oh here <laughs> you know, like, exactly it's called the freezer right that's what it's called All right. <laughs> I, I rejected that word as a child i don't know what to say <laughs> that's amazing upstairs <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> Truly, yeah, it is. It's it's a strange one for sure, man. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've never heard that one before. But that's <laughs> hilarious. That is, uh, yeah, you know, and that's 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 a cool thing. Um, going back to what we were talking about with the touring, um, if I remember, you guys were on tour. It was Kill Switch, August Burns Reds, and you guys, and you only played a few shows, right? And then that one got canceled. Was that correct? 
Because I was yeah, going to go to we Arizona were. for that. Because I'm in Vegas. That's where I live. But you guys weren't here. Ah. Uh, we were going to go to Arizona to check that out. And I think that's the show that got canceled, right? Um, yeah. It, we were two shows deep. And then gone. Oh, yeah. That, that was it. And the first two shows were great. And I didn't see. Did, did that get rescheduled, that package, or no? I didn't, I didn't check that out. Uh, there's, I haven't seen a specific date, but that's the, that's the hope is that, uh, you know, we're going to get it all worked out with, with all the bands. Knock on wood. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed for everything. Yeah. And that's so for, yeah, for me, like I, I, I said, I said this on last week's podcast, but, uh, the first shows I'm going to actually, the first one I'm going to is tonight. I'm going to Sebastian Maniscalco and then I'm going to Bill Burr in about a week. So I'm going to actually see Uh, comedians, right? That's going to be my first exposure to the live audience. Um, I would, I, I love that. I, I've gone to see quite a bit of stand up, and actually, with my managers, we've gone to we went to see Sebastian. Um, We went to see uh, Tracy Morgan. Um, Wow, who else Uh, went to see uh, Michael Shea and Colin Jost? Uh, uh, Yeah, I I love going to see stand up live. There's no laughter that you can get. There's no better laughter for me than stand-up comedy or like a movie theater setting when everybody's laughing. Like those two, there's those are the two laughters that I, I think I can never replicate. It's like something I chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's the one thing about me is, which makes no sense, is I talk kind of low, but I laugh very loud. <laughs> and it, it, it is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's infectious. The louder the laugh, I want to compete. You know, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, I I can't help it, man. It's just it is off putting how loud it is. But yeah, I love stand up. Yeah. love it. So, and I've never seen. Uh, I've seen Sebastian before, actually two or three mm-hmm. times. But I've never seen Bill Burr. So this is gonna be my first Bill Burr show. Um, yeah, I would love to see him. I mean, I've seen all his specials and everything. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to see him live. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, you uh, know, uh, he comes around and, and this is going to be my first test. And then for me, Psycho Vegas is happening like August 21st and that's a festival. So that's the first concert I'm going to. So that's like a, ah. it's like jumping into like a deep water type of like, all right, we're at a festival here. We're, we're here for three days. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that, and then we'll see how that goes. And, uh, from that point on, my friend, I will either have the mentality of we're back to 2019 or, all right, all right, all right. I got to take a step back, and that's where we're all gonna we're yeah. all gonna take that journey together this year. So, um, yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I think uh, I think everyone's ready, regardless. Oh, it's gonna be a beautiful sigh. We're not gonna be group hugging, yeah. I'm sure, but it's gonna be a good. Ah, oh, yes, <laughs> right? yeah, so. yeah, it, yeah. It's but still, it's gonna be hard to uh, maintain distance with that much sweat. Yeah. So this will, this will be interesting. It's like I said, I guess uh, for me, I, I, I'm not, I'm vaccinated. I, I know that's, you know, whatever my preference and I'm not saying anything specific uh-huh. about that. But my point is, is that like, I, I still have the, the hesitation, you know, um, just because of, you know what it is. But, uh, I feel like either when I get there, yeah. I'm going to go all in or I'm going to stay in the back. And if I'm in the back and I'm not enjoying myself, then I know I'll know I wasn't ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. like I said, yeah. won't know till you're there. I, Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, totally, dude. So with that, 
Howard, always a pleasure to have you on the show. I want to promote everything real quick before I let you go, my friend. Um, everybody, make sure you are picking up the new record by Light the Torch. You will be the death of me. It's coming out June 25th, guys. We're going to play a song right after the interview, but make sure if you guys haven't checked it out, hear the songs. Fantastic record, man. I, I, I'm a huge, a great follow-up to Revival. Revival was one of our favorite records of that year, so make sure you guys are picking that up. Make sure you guys are going to shopbenchmark.com slash torch and checking out the live stream. I've been doing live streams all year. I'm a huge fan of this. It's great to do it. You can watch it in your underwear. It's not a problem. Howard won't care. <laughs> he won't. He'll be like, it's cool. You can do it all day, you know? And, and so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you do you. Do you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, make sure you're picking up your ticket for that live stream. It's going to be great. As he said, they might play five new songs, dude. It's going to be great to hear those long songs live for the first time together as a fan base. And make sure you're supporting the HAIT podcast, Howard, Jamie, Charlie Belmore. They're doing it. They're watching movies, but it's a great, fun time, guys. And uh, you might possibly get, spoiler, a Tango and Cash, best of the best, or Avenging Force episode. I made the last part up. but <laughs> Oh, wait. What was the other one? Was it White? Uh... White Fire? Oh, dude. That's it. White Fire. <laughs> dude, do, do yourself a favor. You don't have to watch the movie, but just hear the theme song. If you can find it on YouTube, they play it during all the action scenes, and I mean, it is hilarious. It's just like, White Fire, White Fire. And it's just like people are doing karate. Dude, White Fire, everybody. <laughs> yeah, remember, remember when all the songs and movies and television shows, everything was just right on the nose. Yes. Whatever the show was. That's what the song was. <laughs> I missed that. To a T. Yes. It's like they, they knew exactly what to do. And this film's got Fred Williamson. It's got some guys you'll like, guys. It's got wow. action stars. Yeah. It's got some. I think he's the main action star, but he's, you know, come on. Who doesn't like Fred Williamson? Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, but with that, Howard, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much, dude. Hey, not a problem.
NFL Sucks Podcast.
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard, the first two songs you guys heard are both off the latest record from Light the Torch, You Will Be the Death of Me. It's coming out June 21st. First song is More Than Dreaming. Second song, Let Me Fall Apart. Again, guys, make sure you are pre-ordering this record. It's excellent. June 25th is the date, and also it's the date of the live stream. Go to shopbenchmark.com slash Light the Torch. Pick up a ticket and check out that live stream. Third song you heard is from a band called Vexed. Their album, Culling Culture, is out now. That track is called Epiphany. If you guys dug it, make sure you're checking it out. You know we love to introduce new bands that we've been digging, and this band I've been digging for a while. That record came out about a month or two ago, but man, yeah, been listening to it a lot. So make sure you guys are checking out Vexed, new record, Culling Culture. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old Apple iTunes. You guys mean the world to us. That is all we ask for as a show. We'll put out the shows weekly. We've been doing it nonstop now for years, man. Five years about, right? So long. So long. And we, we don't miss a show. We and Pete's like a you dictator, you guys. Ah, yes. <laughs> thank you for putting that word on me. <laughs> and I need a five-star review, guys, or something bad's going to happen. To, no, no. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know how dictators right. talk. Like Pete's going to round up my family if you guys don't give a five-star review. We don't need words, guys. Just go to Apple iTunes, click five stars, and move on. We don't really read comments because most of them are just yucky. And then we want to thank everybody out there for supporting our other podcast, Rise to Offend, the documentary discussion podcast where we take a topic, we look at the digital imprint of their life, Guys like Phil Anselmo, guys like Peter Steele, um, people like Colin Kaepernick, Bill Hicks, you know, all the way through Chappelle show. We take the imprint, we take interviews, we edit it together and we do a whole documentary based on what we think is out there because truthfully our lives and our biography are now judged by that internet. So the show, uh, kind of goes off of that premise. Is it truth? Is it lies? We don't know, but Gigi Allen's got a crazy premise if you guys uh, go listen to that episode. So that podcast is Rise to Offend, guys. Documentary discussion podcast. Our current topic is Chuck Schuldiner. We did parts one and part two. Part three will happen eventually here. Still doing uh, all the little... Gigi Allen ate poop to be a legend. Right, well, uh, it's yeah. in the episode. Go yeah. listen to Gigi Allen. Married with Children. Guys, there's tons of stuff out there. No poop eating in Married with Children. There's, there's 100 episodes. We've done a lot of topics. The film Kids cruising whatever but yeah rise to offend guys we've done a shit ton go check out that podcast and with that our friends we love you all until next week don't fucking heckle comics people we're better than that the metal sucks podcast is signing off